Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello there. Happy Christmas and welcome to a special bonus episode of your own personal Beatles. I am Jack Pelling. And I am Robin Allender here. Yeah. We only just spoke to you, <laughs> but uh, we thought, as it's the, you know the the season of giving, we'd offer you another little festive slice of Christmassy Robin's cake. Mm. Um, seeing as we talked to him for such a long time, um, that, yeah, uh, I there mean, was loads the, more to bung in there. It's a it, little bit even more drunk and waffly than the first I mean, one. In the vaults, there is half an hour where John was just talking about his favourite kind of riesling. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and in that, there's lots of great stories too. But yeah. um, you know, I don't think, so I think that's left gold. best left on the cutting room floor, isn't it? Almost certainly. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but yeah, there's lots more stuff uh, coming up. Much more. Well, unsurprisingly, more chat about Frank Zappa, Queen, yeah. <laughs> Bob Dylan, and the Beatles. Um, but we do get on to other things. Yeah, I was kind of like like the idea we were talking about in, at one point about the idea that whether Queen ever wrote a political song and if that means anything. Because I was <laughs> like. Because John was saying, you know, Queen sort of never did a political song. I think what's interesting about Queen yeah. is they did attempt to write about issues, but their, their sort of music is so ridiculous that it kind of it sort of mm. almost negates that intention. It reminded me a bit. I've been listening to Megadeth this week, and they've got a brilliant song called Holy Wars. And Holy Wars is obviously a kind of protest song about you know war being very bad. Um, mm. But in the video, every single member of Megadeth has got their top off, which slightly undermines <laughs> the message a bit. You know. Yeah, I think we touched on Hammer to Fall, but yeah. Um, yeah, the subtext of that, I must say, has escaped me over the years. <laughs> yeah. Well, I always thought that was a kind of nuclear protest kind of song, wasn't it? Hammer to Fall, but... <clears throat> yeah, well, I mean, apparently so. Yeah, but you just get you get swept up with the kind of riffs and want to take your top off, yeah, so you yeah. kind of lose that message, don't you? I thought it was literally about a, a hammer. A hammer, <laughs> yeah. Well, I thought, I remember in the first episode, I thought Piggies was about pigs, so... Yeah, exactly. We, you know. we, we laughed and learned in We do, yeah. yeah. Um, so please enjoy this extra slice. Um, I'm sorry if it gets a little bit waffly, but it's good fun, and if you don't like it, you don't have to listen to it. We'll see you uh, next year. Thanks so yeah. much. Happy Christmas. Happy Christmas. And a merry new year. Uh, yeah, so the Beatles songs I like. <laughs> yeah. So the first song on the first album is I Saw Her Standing There, right? Yeah, the first song on Please Please Me is I Saw Her Standing There. Yes. Okay, so I really like that. And song, I feel yeah. like the next three albums, they were just trying to remake that song. But... So here's an interesting comparison for a song I didn't take to, yeah. which is There's a Place, comparing it with In My Room by the Beach Boys. Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, mm. that's quite an unfair comparison. But it's the same song. In My Room is so sort of haunting and depressing. Yes. Mm. It's heartbreaking yeah. in the extreme. And There's a Place, I think, is a pretty much a cover of that song. 
where he just yeah, talks about being yeah. really low and blue a lot mm. and not sounding like he's ever felt sadness, though I know for a fact he did. Yeah. <laughs> In My Room is a good example of the thing that I've struggled to articulate on the podcast of how I find it very difficult to even listen to some of Brian's Wil- Wilson's stuff like that. that yeah. Because I just find it so sort of sad and mm. it's so direct. Yeah. Yes, and old. I've yet to have that wonderful problem with the Beatles, apart from Julia, mm. which I feel in that song, like I feel when I'm listening to In My Room, because I know what it's about, and it's just too its too much almost to bear. Yeah. That's what I want from a sad song. The mm. last time I had that was, do you know the D- Daniel Johnson song, um, Some Things Last a Long Time? But it, that reminds me of when, when you're talking about in 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 my room. I think the Daniel Johnston song it, it, it's ju- it's like listening to someone's soul. It's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's what Brian. Like, I when my sister got married a couple of years ago, and she asked me to play at her wedding, which I do quite a lot, which um, for friends and family. But it's always different when it's a you know someone so close to you. And she asked me mm. to do God only knows. Yeah, and I said I literally don't think I can do it. Because I won't be able to get through the song. Yeah. But don't you want that from the Beatles? I get I, that from the uh, Beatles. Yeah, but but there's I don't have that sort of connection with any. No, there's no Beatles song. Like, yeah, when I played um, God Only Knows and in the rehearsal, and I saw her come in to see how it was all going, and mm. I burst into like uncontrollable tears. Yeah. And I was like, this song is just magic. There's something about it that just. But that gets to the absolute heart heart of what I don't get from the Beatles Mm. is that particular moment of connecting with a songwriter who may be writing about something completely different from what the song means to you, Mm. but that authenticity. Have you? Do you know the song um, She's Leaving Home on Sgt Pepper? I'll check it out. Because that's the only one that does it to me. The only one! Maybe it's the only one, but it's, uh, it's one that I can talk about when I've had a few cans in the pub with a friend and just start crying even though we're not listening to it. <laughs> I get that from a lot of Lennon songs. I get it from Strawberry Fields, definitely. Strawberry Fields mm. affects me very deeply. He's channeling something incredibly potent about to do with childhood and memory. Yeah. It's, uh, it's beautiful. But yeah, I agree with Ju- Julia. Is Julia, for sure. Definitely. Let It Be, actually. I'll say Let It Be is one where... I once wrote out the lyrics to Let It Be on a in a very pivotal moment of my life when I bought a girl a dress that she tried on in a shop when I was 14 on the French exchange. And I and I wrote it out and I left it out. We were in France and I left it outside the door of her French exchange partner. And it was like, it was 80 quid or something mm. in francs. So it was all the money I had for the whole French trip. And she tried it on in a shop called Cookai. And... Um, like we ended up going out and it became this sort of big emblem this dress mm. and i and i'd i'd written them out and i put it on the um thing but then that said even that and that is a big like emotional memory for me yeah. when i listen to mm. let it be now it feels too general <laughs> do you know what i mean <laughs> Yeah, but I suppose that's why they're so successful. Like a bit like you were saying about all you need is love. It's like you're trying to... That, me and Robin are both big fans of Will Oldham, and there's mm. something so strange about his lyrics. Mm. 
and sometimes when they're at their most strange, they can be their most um, universal. Mm. But I think if you're writing lyrics that are very universal, whilst that might mean the song is very, very popular, it just, like, doesn't click with you or it doesn't sort of get that hook in you. Mm. But then I think Let It that's inter- Let It Be is McCartney's Julia in a way, isn't it? Cause it's yeah, his song it's, his, to his, it's his song to his dead mother. Yeah, know, but... and so I think knowing that is yeah. something that connects mm. it. McCartney yeah. and Let It Be, I just find it's unbearably moving because... I think, again, this is maybe about knowing the story a bit and just knowing how McCartney was kind of trying to keep people together. And Long and Winding Road is just... I find that really moving. Really, really moving. But because they're so anthemic, they're sort of... Their context is kind of commandeered by the way that they're represented throughout sort of 90s culture. Like, you know, I remember when I first bought... One of the first singles I ever bought was uh, Don't Look Back in Anger. And my mum mm. being like, oh, it's just like, let it be. Yeah. It's like, well, you're exactly right. It basically mm. is. You know, it's the same sort of anthemic. Yeah. You know, even in the same keys, same chords type yeah. thing. But it's like, well, you lose ownership of but your I, own I song it, when you write yeah. a song like that. Which yeah, is yeah. testament to something like God Only Knows that it still has that power. So why not in. just write songs that don't mean anything like Bohemian Rhapsody? <laughs> <laughs> what I love about Bohemian Rhapsody which is not my favourite Queen song by any stretch and probably wouldn't even be in my top ten, but I'm ab- obsessed with the song and what mm. it's become because it's become too big for anyone. Mm. Mm. But that's the thing I'm kind of trying to articulate about Let It Be. It's like it doesn't mm. exist as what it was written for. Yeah. Well, it's just amazing how clearly Bohemian Rhapsody is a song about a guy coming out. Mm. And it took me about... With, with every possible hint took me about 20 years 30 years maybe to realize how clear that message is really i i that's fast i've not considered that before well, which is about mad. sort of maternal disappointment and guilt uh, yeah and it's yeah. about mm. killing a self that you were mm. trying to be so mama just killed a man mm. you know this is when he was in the process of breaking up with his girlfriend mm. And the sort of feeling in that song of being trapped and this huge sort of theatrical personality trying yeah. to burst out. And, like, religious guilt as well and yeah. sin and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Now, I, yeah. I, there's no chance on earth that Freddie Mercury sat down and went, right, I want to write a song about coming out and I yeah. want it. He's, that's mm-hmm. not what happened. But no. in sort of spite of himself, he's written one yeah. of the great confusing anthems confusing anthems it is such a mad song and none of the endless hours of footage and documentary and column inches actually deal with what's interesting about the song Mm. but that's but that's of course you're right that freddie mercury obviously wouldn't sit down and write and think i'm going to write this but and that is i think that's what i'm getting about about why i find lennon's music so moving is because he is channeling something that's kind of inarticulate Mm. with strawberry fields he's trying to express something that can't be expressed i don't know a great deal about john lennon's solo or any of the beatles solo stuff but is then is there a point at which he almost sort of goes beyond the line and it becomes quite sort of self-obsessed i think he crossed that 
line <laughs> before the Beatles broke up, I think, is one probably one of the biggest. You know, he believed the hype of uh, of John. That's Lennon. a really good bit. There's a brilliant author, Rob Chapman, who wrote a book called Psychedelia and Other Colors, which came out a few years ago. But the bit on about the Beatles is really good. There, can I just read a little bit from it? Mm. <clears throat> about this is about acid. Between them, Lennon and McCartney pretty much encompassed the creative possibilities of the LSD experience. Lennon internalizing, McCartney externalizing. Lennon painting messy mindscapes, McCartney painting domestic murals. Lennon, Lennon working with large scale canvases, McCartney crafting immaculate miniatures. Lennon channeling the unconscious, McCartney reportaging the actual. Lennon seeking truth in essentials, McCartney finding it in the incidentals. That's really good, I think. <laughs> but yeah. I think that's, again, that idea that, I don't know, John... It, 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 it does descend into self-indulgence, where it's this navel-gazing, but mm. his ability to express this unconsciousness is what makes him brilliant, I think. Next song I like is Girl. Is there anybody going to listen to story all about the girl who came to stay she's the kind of girl you want so much it makes you sorry still you don't regret a single day oh, girl. oh yeah girl's good yeah is that a deliberate inhalation yeah yeah <laughs> it's, it's meant to be like they were smoking a doobie yeah really wow Kind of. I thought it was just him sort of going, oh, she's a nice girl. <laughs> oh, she's a lovely girl. <laughs> she's nicer than my wife. Yeah. <laughs> uh, give me a fact about girl. It was meant to be a kind of German-style song in the, in the way that Michelle is mm. a French-style song. It's meant to be kind of a German leader. Yeah. Just a little footnote on Taxman. Uh, fair enough, but not enough granular detail about tax policy. Because <laughs> uh, I don't think it's quite explained what the tax policy was at the yeah. time. We don't know how much, what his threshold was. <laughs> it was this famous 95% sort of yeah. Harold Wilson... I mean, they do name check the uh, main. Yeah, but offenders. it wasn't an, it wasn't an income tax. What uh, what was it? It was basically a sort of a, a, a wealth tax. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, Unbelievable to write a song about that when you think yeah. of that. Yeah. When you're remarkable. really really. Yeah. Um, in my life. <laughs> yes. What a song! Yeah. Amazing. Facts, please. Uh, it's not a harpsichord. It's a piano that's sped up. Okay. Lovely. <laughs> it was also the most requested funeral song. Um, for many years. Ah. Um, mine is uh, I Just Want Who Wants to Live Forever played by a thousand pipers. <laughs> um, one thing I learned that I didn't know is that the birds, who I think I prefer to the Beatles, mm. started out as a Beatles cover band. Oh, yeah. right. I didn't know. And then the Beatles were then influenced by the birds. Yeah. In yeah. Um, if, I, if I Needed Someone. Yeah. Yeah, the kind of rubber soul revolvers, a lot of bird stuff. Yeah. There's a lovely version of um, And Your Bird Can Sing, the one where they're laughing over it, uh, mm. and where the, 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 the guitars are very, very birdsy. Mm. So very the birds nice. bought, like, just every instrument that the Beatles had when they first started, which I thought was really nice. That's nice. Mm. You were going to say, what, was, what song did you want played at your funeral? Who Wants to Live Forever? Played by a thousand Played pipers. by a thousand pipers. 
But I, I think you just struggle with the pipers because the pi- can't, aren't pipers kind of they can only play a pentatonic scale. A thousand pipers. <laughs> Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. It's quite weird retracing that sort of Beatles influence on late 80s and 90s music mm-hmm. when i'm hearing the beatles song for the first time yeah yeah a mm. song called rain yeah rain's oh, amazing yeah which is essentially from the first stone roses album do you think so oh, that's the, the bass line at yeah, the start yeah, of rain yeah 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 it's it's it could be on made of stone or i am the resurrection yeah, yeah very that's very a good comparison yeah. yeah beautiful brilliant song yeah, really great, and not on not on the album. It's a B side to Paperback Writer, but it's um, very yeah. I always think it's like once you're told that it's been drastically slowed down, it's very hard not to notice that. I think mm. the voice it so, to me it sounds almost like they too... all sounded a bit drunk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the last song I was going to mention, which I really really love, mm. is "Don't Let Me Down." Oh yeah. Never even made it onto an album, really. But yeah. yeah, just from the sort of top of the building gig. Is that how did you find out about it? Did you watch that whole gig? Or? It just feels. I'm sure I heard it when I was younger. What mm. what albums is it on? Like best of. It's anything? on the blue album, isn't it? And it's, yeah, so um, it's on the blue album. And Paul McCartney put it on "Let It Be Naked," even though it wasn't on. It's such a good song. Yeah, it's yeah. amazing. And I so do, fun to play as well. I do really, really love that gig on the top of the uh, mm. Apple building. Yeah. So Ian McDonald makes a good point in Revolution in the Head that it was kind of, don't let me down, and then because I want you, she's so heavy. Like, they're linked, those two songs. Mm. Don't let me down because I want you, which is a really nice point. Quick quick question before we move on to Queen again, because I know Robin <laughs> wants to talk more about Queen. Sure. <laughs> um, do you think that when the baby boomer sort of Beatles there at the time generation are sadly departed, do you think there will be an influence of that on the Beatles' reputation as this sort of like untouchable ultimate band? I don't think it, I really do think, you know, you go to the British Library 
and you look at the music collection of the manuscripts that they've got and you start with, you know, Talis and Bird and you work your way through Mozart into the romanticism and then you realise that they've got scribbled down notes of things like Strawberry Fields and Yesterday. I really think that stuff sits there, like, on merit. Mm. Yeah, no, I'm not saying it's not a merit, but what do you think will happen to the Beatles as this kind of, you know, this sort of head and shoulders above the rest reputation once the people who are there? Because Mm. this is a a, a sort of a side queen point, Mm. is that something that brand queen have been superbly successful at is reinventing queen for successive generations through yeah. projects which one may or may not think have artistic credibility. Mm. But you certainly can't deny that there are 10, 12, 15-year-olds now who listen to Queen in perhaps a way that they don't listen to the Beatles because mm. there is a machine behind yeah. Queen's back catalogue which mm. is going, there ain't nothing new coming out, so how do yeah. we repackage this again and again and again? <laughs> that mm. argument has already happened with the Beatles, and we had it in the 80s and 90s, and we had it with the anthology. As soon as Paul McCartney, God forbid, you know, it's not for another 10 years or so. God forbid he makes another song. <laughs> well, he's got a new album coming out in a couple of days. Oh, God. <laughs> well, at least he's not, uh, you know, Ringo touring with Adam Lambert. <laughs> 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 oh, I would love. I mean, I would actually love to see that. That would be mm. good. Where do you stand on the um, sort of Adam Lambert? What was the other guy that they did it with? Paul Rogers. Paul, Paul Rogers. Rogers. Yeah, it's a big question, Jack, and I'm going to think about it for a requisite amount of time. I think the Adam Lambert stuff is is great because, I mean, he's a phenomenal singer. Yeah. Brian May did a, such a lovely post about his dad. This was a year or two ago. And he sort of realised he was older than his dad. Uh, you know, he, he'd reached an age when he'd surpassed the age when his dad had died. And it was a real mm. kind of milestone. And he just, like, wrote about how proud he was to still be playing stuff with Adam Lambert. And it's weird. It's sort of... It's very easy to knock, like, why are they still doing it? But it's like, people still love to hear it. Mm. Adam Lambert's got an amazing voice. The songs are amazing. Why not, you know? Yeah. I, I, th- I think the way I would approach answering that question is to put yourself in the position of someone whose career potentially ends and their best friend dies when they are 41. Mm. And the and without doubt were the, at the time the biggest band in the world. What do you do? Mm. If if someone said to me you you can't do you know, you can't do comedy anymore or you can't do uh, any more radio or any more podcasts with Ellis anymore or any number of sort of things at my age because I'm approaching the age at which they were when Freddie died because Freddie was 45 uh, was he? yeah Brian would have been maybe 44, 43 Mm. Roger was 41, 42 John was like 40, 41 so we are the age, almost, mm. yeah. at which Freddie died, if we're in Queen. Yeah. <laughs> and... It's such a big if, isn't it? The, 
Mm. How offensive it must have been, or how upsetting it must have been for them to hear people say, oh, it's not the same without him, you can't go on without him, you can't do this, that, and the Because I, as Brian or Roger, would go, what the fuck am I supposed to do? I'm halfway through my life and my friend mm. has died. Mm. Are you saying I have no right to continue with my career? Yeah. And... I've got a back catalogue of some of the greatest songs yeah. ever yeah. recorded. Yeah, them together. Yeah. A lot of your yeah. hits are there. So. And these are collaborative songs. Yeah. So what do I do? What You want me to just retire and go, yeah, well, when Freddie died, I was 42, so I thought, you've had a good innings, just stop and do nothing. Mm. So as a professional, as someone who works in a creative industry, I am 100% behind anything they do because... You have a responsibility, not just to yourself, but to that that sort of legacy of stuff to keep it going some way. Now, mm. it took a while for them to find a way that worked. I didn't go and see Adam Lambert for a mm. long time because I thought, well, I don't really need to. I don't need that. They can do what they want. And I went to see them eventually at the O2 with Adam Lambert. And it was just mind. It was just mind-blowingly good live experience. Mm. Mm. Now, as a Queen fan, as someone who would give everything they own to go and see Queen play live as Queen with Freddie Mercury, it I wouldn't put it in maybe my top five gigs of all time. Mm. However, every single person in that room that night had their mind blown. Had yeah. a lighting and sort of visual rig set up which is like so cutting edge you wouldn't believe what it was like it was insane mm -hmm. and for 40 60 quid or whatever it was you'd go away going i've absolutely that is my money's worth and more mm -hmm. so i've changed my opinion of queen's sort of post freddy live incarnations because i just feel so sad <laughs> That he died when he did. Yeah. Mm. And I have so much understanding of two guys who want something to do, who want to curate that catalogue. Mm. I also have a great deal of respect for John Deacon, who went, I'm out. Yeah. I'm done. Yeah, more respect for him. And I kind of meant it in a, like, not so much about the ethical thing of keeping on. I just meant, like... What's it like as a musical experience? But yeah. well, well, Adam Lambert is a like you were saying about Freddie Mercury's voice. Adam Lambert is a better singer than Freddie Mercury. If you are on talking stage. on, uh, well, I don't really, I, uh, I don't have much experience of his studio yeah, work. Yeah, but he's but... someone who, like a Western singer, can do it night after night. Oh, he yeah, but he it's like there's no, like, no there's no but the character of his voice isn't. No, yeah, his voice his voice has the character of someone who came second in Pop Idol or whatever it was. Is that what he was? Yeah. yeah. Oh, is he the, the American Will Young? Well, he, said, he is, yeah, that's yeah. exactly what he is. His voice has the character of someone who would be the best lead in Les Mis. Yeah, yeah, right. Because he can hit every note. He can do that... Kind of thing. <laughs> really? <laughs> Um, whatever that thing is that yeah. didn't exist uh, 15 years ago. I w when I did the warm-up, well, I warmed up the crowd for Queen's gig at 
the uh, at the New Year's Eve they did a gig on the BBC. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And it was at Westminster City Hall, and I couldn't turn it down as much as I wanted. So Adam Lambert and Queen. I won't talk about my bit because that's what it is. But Queen and Adam Lambert came on, and they were great. And then they showed a, a video of Freddie and his voice coming through, you know, all those speakers, and it's like insane mm. hairs on the neck, mm. just chillingly beautiful. Mm. And I at the time thought, why the hell did they do that? Because that shows what character in a voice is. However, up until that point, Adam Lambert had been fantastic. The band had been fantastic. They're tight as hell. So why not give the audience both? Why not go? Yeah, but it's interesting. Twelve isn't it? like, tracks with Adam Lambert and a few bits with Freddie. Yeah. And what a great night out! about it from me i'd just like to say all the best for christmas and a happy new year but robin we only got to your first of my queen songs oh yes oh yeah (laughs) fucking hell (laughs) so the next song was need your loving tonight that was shit (laughs) (laughs) yeah but i I see what you mean so i think you included that because it's like that's felt like a very kind of uh contractual obligation kind of song quite fillery but it's not early rock it's kind of very soft rock because it's got a kind of quite a chunky guitar riff yeah but the lyrics are definitely very much kind of i think uh, i described it as you know when you watch a film and there's like a a good band in the film but the music that's been (laughs) written for the band is not good enough for how good the band is supposed to be that's that's a very good observation but yeah i quite quite like that now but but jealousy i loved i thought jealousy is a brilliant Mm. song jealousy is great Can you be all to fall in love was my very first mistake? I was I don't know, I was far too much in love to see oh jealousy. Yeah, I thought that's fantastic. I have never heard that before, and it's got a very unusual vibe it's not really like a queen song there is a kind of quite late period lennon thing going on with it there's a big lennon vibe in that song yeah and uh he's he's got his guitar to sound like a sitar now life is real on hot space the song for john lennon is Mm. troubling (laughs) (laughs) talk to me well i thought i was very confused about the lyric where I thought he said, I've got tossers in my closet. <laughs> but what's torsos. actually saying is I've got torsos, which is weirder. I, he obviously meant, like, I've got skeletons in my closet, but he didn't scan. Why not yeah. just write a new song? <laughs> is there an argument that that song is too real? <laughs> it's sort of, it, and it's one of those things where it's like a tribute to John Lennon, but it very, very quickly becomes about a tribute to Freddie Mercury by Freddie Mercury. I don't think that's the problem with that song, but there is a problem with that song. What, what's, what's your problem with it? Life is a well, bitch. It, it's from the album Hot Space, which is Queen's sort of problematic album in terms of like it. You know, people think it's a miss 
Fire, Misfit. Mm. I think that album is all over the place, but I think the strength of that album is what people think is the failure of that album. So what are, what are the sort of big hits on the record? Well, the big hit is Under Pressure. Right. Okay. It doesn't get any bigger. It mm. doesn't get any bigger. It's only Queen's second ever number one. What's what the, first the first Queen number one? Thing? Bohemian Rhapsody. So it's Bohemian Rhapsody, Under Pressure, Innuendo. Mm. Well, this is in the UK. Bohemian Rhapsody FYI. again. Bohemian Rhapsody again. Yeah. I love Innuendo. Oh, such a song. Such an oh. album. Mm. <laughs> What's that noise? I don't know. It's just, <laughs> it's just doing an Innuendo sort of noise. This is like being in the pub. Killer Queen <laughs> number two. Bohemian Rhapsody number one. Somebody to Love number two. Oh. We Are the Champions double A-sided with We Will Rock You number two. That's mental. Crazy Little Thing Called Love, number two. Under Pressure is their second number one in 1981. Radio Gaga, number two. I Want to Break Three, number three. A Kind of Magic, number three. I Want It All, number three. And then Innuendo. So they had three number ones in three decades. Hmm. Then Bohemian Rhapsody again. Heaven for Everyone, number two. And then... Sort of You're listening to your own yeah. personal beta. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, um, I went to... So it was obviously the anniversary of John Lennon's death um, two days ago, and I, and we were, well, I was listening to Life is Real, and I also went back to Moonlight Shadow by Mike mm. Oldfield. Um, and the, the Wikipedia page did a really... Make me laugh because <laughs> this is the. Can I read you the Wikipedia page from Moonlight Shadow? Mm. Yes, please. It has been suggested that the lyrics of the song are a reference to the murder of John Lennon, despite the fact that the events in the song do not correspond with those of Lennon's murder. Lennon was shot four times just before 11 pm, whereas in the song the time is 4 am and the number of shots is six. Also, the night, <laughs> Le- also the night Lennon was shot. 8th of December 1980, it was a new moon, so there was no moonlight. And in the song, it is, <laughs> <laughs> and in the song, it is Saturday night, while Lennon was killed on a Monday night. That's fantastic. Also, that song only reminds me of uh, Dave Angel Eco Warrior. <laughs> yeah, yeah. God, I'm really pissed now. Oh, I know. <laughs> the final... Beatles Queen connection is perhaps the best one, mm. which is that. Um, fuck my head, my brain. Tim Staffel, mm. who was the lead singer in Smile, mm. who left Smile and then Freddie Mercury joined and they became Queen, went on to be a, a model designer and uh, made all of the. Uh, trains for Thomas and the Tank Engine. Oh, wow. there you go. That's so cool. That was probably my earliest exposure to anything Beatle-related. Well, another lovely connection is Kenny Everett produced the Christmas uh, messages. The Beatles did, and then Kev- Kenny Everett obviously had a very close relationship with Queen as well, playing Bohemian Rhapsody five times in a row, or whatever it was. Nine times. <laughs> Nine, yeah. He also smuggled... Princess Diana out to Soho with Freddie Mercury dressed in a camouflage jumpsuit 
uh, in the 80s so they could have a night out together and no one recognised her. She was wearing aviators. Really? Looking forward to yeah. that episode of The Crown. Yeah. <laughs> and Freddie Mercury appeared on the Kenny Everett show. What was Kenny Everett's but, punk character called? Wasn't it called, like, Ron Bogey or something? Well, Freddie Mercury uh, smashes a can on the floor and jumps on him and he falls yes, over. Yes, yeah, that's a fantastic bit, yeah. Mm. Sid Snot, Sid Snot. Sid Snot. What did I say, Ron Bogey? <laughs> <laughs> that's not bad. It's not bad, yeah. yeah. close enough. Yeah. Well, that's three hours, 21 minutes. Fucking hell, sorry. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.